Awakened Reality Podcast, JFK Assassination. So, Bill, uh, what are we starting out with today? Okay, so, all right, so I was digging, and, and like, there's this place, the co-op, okay? Yeah. In, uh, <clears throat> in Hanover and in Lebanon. It has amazing beer. Problem was, I didn't go there today. I went to a different place. Uh-oh. And I found a different type of beer that I've tried before, but I'm trying a different one now. It's, it's the Von Trapp beer. Oh, good stuff. But this one, we haven't tried yet. Vermont this beer, man. We, called... we have hit so many Vermont beers on this show. Oh, oh, yeah. This one is called Von Trapp Dunkel Dark Lager. Ooh, that sounds good. And it, well, it's it. Uh, I had, oh, keep going the wrong way here. I, uh, I had three of them yesterday they're amazing they're so good and they're only five for five point whatever percent <laughs> which is good i don't get hammered like i did last time um, <laughs> but, but what do you got ro um well i have another ipa but i'm, I'm i actually had one yesterday um it's a um long trail limbo ipa limbo wow limbo yeah and you know the thing about long trail it's a vermont brewery Everything I've had by them, I just love. They make, you know, Long Trail Ale, I'm sure you've had. So oh, yeah. yeah it's yeah, a yeah. staple in these parts. Um, yep. And they make a fantastic lager. They make that unearthed <laughs> stout, which yes. I love so much. And this is a fantastic IPA. And so uh, it's a little stronger, though. It's a 7.6%. Lordy mama. Get so it, it's a, yeah, it's a, it gets you. Although it doesn't taste it. Like, you would think it's like 6% drinking it, but. So let me open this right here, and we'll get started on. It's good stuff, really good stuff. A little bit dark beer. Yeah, that's that sounds good. All right, so you know what about this guy Lee Harvey Oswald, man? You know, mm. we're getting to him today. Not right at we're the gonna. beginning, but no, we're gonna, we're gonna. But we were talking about MK Ultra and the origins and all that other fun stuff. Last time through. Yeah, our last podcast we kind of introduced um, MK Ultra. And now we're going to get into a few uh, more details, and then later on we'll talk about um, the connections Oswald had to MKUltra. So this next section is um, experiments on Americans. Now we mentioned that there had been experiments done on unwitting um, Americans, on citizens. Um, these are some of the um, examples of that. The very first kind of efforts that the CIA engaged in for MKUltra was um, really actually focused on LSD, as, as we mentioned before. Um, the CIA thought that, it, that they might be able to use LSD to make Soviet spies defect against their will. I don't know why they thought that would do that. Um, but they also were worried that Soviets were making LSD they were that the Soviets were using LSD to make our agents kind of um, defect to the Soviet Union. I wonder if maybe well, you know 
the CIA was the, at the time anyway, was the only distributor, you know, in the United States for any of that stuff. They so were your hookup. Like, if you needed LSD, if you were, if you were, um, what was that guy's name? Leary. Oh, Tim, Tim Leary. Tim Leary. Yeah. He was probably yeah. in with the, the CIA, right? Oh, he had to be. I mean, you know, they probably let him do it just to tell him what they, what happened. <laughs> yeah. But you I'm know? wondering, like, if you think, why is it that the CIA thought that LSD would make people Americans, you know, suddenly turn to communism? I wonder if maybe there is some truth to that. Not, not necessarily Americans turning to communism, but in terms of, you know, some people take LSD and then suddenly a very harsh capitalistic kind of corporate oligarchy structure might not suddenly seem so appealing or people might start to see through some of all the, the, the um, big brother shit that was going on. And then they're, they're the, kind uh, of enlightened, yeah. <clears throat> like, oh, it's like the Soviets are using LSD yeah. to, to, you know, to make people turn against the government. Maybe people yeah. were just kind of waking up a little bit after they were taking it. And that's what threatened the government. And I think, I honestly think that's part of the, that's part of the case, you know, even over the years, because I mean, if, if because the CIA, as we'll learn soon enough, found that LSD really wasn't the answer. You know, mm -hmm. and so if it really wasn't a big deal, <laughs> mm -hmm. why legalize it? I mean, why not legalize it? I mean, it's like, and, and get the taxes from it. Yeah, yeah. It's because they don't want people to tune in, tune out and, and you know, <laughs> awake. Yeah. they don't people, they don't want folks to have awakened reality, right? Steve, okay. you're the best, man. You're <laughs> the best. You're the best, man. That's awesome. But it's true. It's 100% true. You know, I mean, I need it, thank God. I mean, I, I raise my hand and say, yes, I've done it before, uh, twice. <laughs> yeah, I remember the second one. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, it's, it's trippy, and there's some rules. And there's a couple of uh, movies out there, too. I think it's uh, DMT, the, uh, the Wonder Drug, or something like that, where they actually interview um, celebrities that have taken LSD, like Sting, <laughs> and some actors that you really wouldn't know, right? With, you know, but they just say, if you ever do LSD, you know, don't look in the mirror because you see your true self. Like you Angela, know, ah! like Angela Lansbury, probably. She oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And what's his? What's her name? Um, uh, that old, old, old chick who said that she astral projected. I forget her name. She, she was in a couple of movies with uh, Jack Nicholson. Uh, I forget her name. But if anybody remembers that lady, let us know in the comments below. <laughs> oh, okay. Try not yeah, trying to think. Recently, she name. was in movies with him recently? No, no, no. I think she's clearly close to dead right now. Um, oh, okay. oh, okay. But uh, yeah, anyway, it'll come to me in the middle of the podcast and I'll just scream <laughs> the name out like an idiot. Anyway. <laughs> All right. So let's <laughs> anyway. see. Mo moving on. Um, so in April of 1953, that's when things really kind of got underway. And they started out by administering LSD to mental patients, prisoners, drug addicts, and sex workers. And one agency <laughs> officer put it as, quote, people who could not fight back. So like, who can we kind of give this stuff to and not get in trouble? Is really what it was mm. about. Mm. Reminds me of some things. Anyway, go ahead. Yes. And uh, so in these one, poor people had no idea. 
Yeah. So in one case, they administered LSD to a mental patient. This happened in Kentucky for 174 days straight. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, this is not good to laugh, but this is somebody who was having mental issues to begin with, which really, if, if you have like severe mental issues, you know, to the point where you're committed, you probably don't want to be on LSD on a daily basis. Well, and you know, I got although say, maybe not actually because now they're using it to treat people with mental illnesses. So yeah, and, but but Steve, dig it. Okay, check it out. Mm-hmm. This is just one of many times we're going to bring up instances way back over 50 years ago. Yeah. 67. Where, people, where, where our government was doing this to our own people mm-hmm. without their consent. Now. But are mental patients really people? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, they are. I mean, they are. Yes. If it, it, Obviously. And the thing is, is, yeah, it's like it's like you you uh, if if I think you have to be living like one of my teachers said in high school, looking through rose colored glasses. Mm-hmm. If you're thinking that they don't still do it today, mm-hmm. if you think that they did it then and then they went oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, we'll just we got caught. We thought we deleted all of it. We thought we got rid of all of it until it was found in some financial building. <laughs> and then he went, uh-oh. Oh, we don't do that anymore. That was declassified. <laughs> I just, sometimes I don't get people. Mm-hmm. I mean, even even my brother's in the service, right? It's like, look, come on, man. Do you really think? Do you really think? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so yeah, they did. The poor guy. What happened to him? Um, I don't know. I think that's he, too bad. I, I think I, they probably stopped after 174 days, and he, he or she doesn't say whether it was a guy or a girl. Probably just went back to however he or she was before this um, that experience. Um, wow. So they also administered LSD to CIA employees, military personnel, mm. doctors, yep. other government agents, members of the general public. Um, they were often <laughs> administered often administered without the subject's knowledge or informed consent. And this actually is a violation of the Nuremberg Code, which the United States had, had agreed to follow after World War II. Just eight, I think eight years earlier, they had signed, signed this. Um, oh. And, you know, and they were trying to, they were trying to find if they could wipe subjects' minds clean, whether they could turn people into robot agents, etc. cetera. Um, mm. Now listen to this. This one I think is, is kind of funny. Um, so there was a um, there was an operation where the, the CIA set up they set up several brothels within agency safe houses in San Francisco. Yeah. And so what they did was they set up these brothels, and then and then when the guys would go into them, they essentially would be like the same thing you 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 always talk about where. You know, okay, now we can we can do whatever we want with these guys because they don't want to, you know, they don't want to admit what they were doing. Um, yes. So once they got these men, then they would dose them with LSD, and um, the brothels were equipped with one-way mirrors so that they then could <laughs> um, view and study the sessions. So what I like best about this story is the name of the operation, given that it was in a brothel. Um, the, the operation was called Operation Midnight Climax. <laughs> I mean, you can't even make this stuff up. 
<laughs> oh, you mean midnight part? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Operation uh, Midnight Climax. Well, well. Yeah. So ever, all the agents wanted to be involved in that particular operation. They, they were. <laughs> Those are the ones that didn't have to sign consent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so in other experiments where people were given LSD without their knowledge, they were um, interrogated under bright lights with doctors, um, kind of taking notes. Um, and they told subjects that they would extend their trips. Maybe somebody was having a bad acid trip. They said, yeah, yeah. okay, we're yeah. not going to let you come down from this unless you tell us all your secrets. So they would yeah. try to induce a bad trip using LSD. And then they would threaten the person with keeping them on that trip unless, you know, you, you tell us everything. They thought that was a good way to interrogate people. Or they would bribe heroin addicts, right? Yep. Yep, exactly. You know? um, and uh, other thing, heroin addicts were used. Yep, that's what you said. They would bribe, yep. bribe them into taking LSD with offers of more, uh, more heroin. Um, it's, so, it's so up and up, isn't it? It's like so up and up. It's so on the level. Yeah. Um, so another um, thing which I thought was interesting was um, that um, in the they really thought like the CIA, they were kind of experimenting on each other and, and on CIA people. And they say it actually got to the point where um, it was – it, it was kind of an occupational hazard. If you're in the CIA, if you kind of work in certain offices, you just know that every once in a while, somebody's going to slip something into your coffee and you're going to yeah. have an interesting day. <laughs> you're not going to know why. <laughs> you're not going to know. Well, yeah, I mean, you're not going to know why. And, uh, um, and so they say often people like they would get the drug in their coffee. I guess that was, that was the way they often would give it to people. Like you know, you're sitting in a conference room, you're, you know, you're drinking your coffee and then, you know, things happen. And so, you know, people uh, like one guy, like after having it put in his coffee, he became psychotic and was like running all over Washington, um, you know, dodging cars because he thought that they were monsters. Um, <laughs> and so those sorts yeah. of experiments on CIA um, officials continued even after Frank Olson, who I think Bill mentioned in our last podcast, um, yep. He was an army chemist who had never taken LSD. He was um, dosed by a CIA supervisor without his knowledge. And mm -hmm. nine days later, he plunged to his death from a window of a 13th story New York City hotel room, supposedly as a result of deep depression induced by the drug. Um, yep. However, there's a lot of doubt that that's the real cause. I think there's actually a whole, there's a doc, there's several documentaries on this. Yeah. You, Huge. You and and you know, this. the thing was, is, is uh, he, <clears throat> he, um, he had a moral issue with what was going on. He, he didn't agree with it. And he told his superiors that he was going to resign. And, and his, uh, his superior said, look, you know, why, why don't you just take some time, you know, relax, we'll put you up in a hotel. We'll bring a handler there. Just to make sure everything's okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and just like I said before, I mean, if, if you, the person that was there when Olsen jumped out the window was sitting on the pot mm -hmm. in the toilet, <laughs> never went downstairs. Never. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> they, they heard him hit the ground, and, and so they had to go up. Okay, so it took all that time. Dude was still in the pot. Uh-huh. He's like, I don't know what happened. I didn't hear anything. I mean, it's... that's the handler. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe his handler was. Still... Maybe his handler was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was thinking perhaps his handler was Elvis. He was. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so ultimately, the M- MK Ultra researchers determined that LSD was too unpredictable in its results. It didn't always, they were unable to kind of always get people to do what they wanted when they were on it because, you know, they were tripping. Um, And so um, they decided that LSD wasn't the quote secret that was going to unlock the universe, but they thought that, you know, there still were, um, there still was a place for it in their, their arsenal of tricks. Um, And, uh, but what they actually did was they they then developed kind of drugs which were even more powerful. Um, and oh, by, yeah, yeah. by the <clears throat> early 60s, they had developed um, some, some super hallucinogens. Um, one of them was something called BZ. Um, and they thought that that maybe had better potential as a mind control um, weapon. Um, and, but this kind of annoyed some of the academics and private researchers that had been kind of involved and uh, and so they they started to withdraw their their support and their involvement remember we were talking in the last podcast about how some universities were even involved in in some of this research and so theoretically they kind of gave up researching that although again that seems kind of odd if they developed this bz thing whatever happened to it like it's not out on the street right where is it so no, be interested to dig into that. You know, I mean, I, I wonder if that's something that they found that really worked, mm-hmm. and if they found something that really worked, let's just admit to MK Ultra, say we don't do it anymore, don't do it anymore, yeah. and just you know, develop the one that really makes you forget mm-hmm. and be in prison for forty-five years uh, for killing Robert Kennedy. Who knows? Yeah. Um. So here's one you can try at home. No, no, don't try this. At home. <laughs> I'm going to get sued. Um, Make sure you got somebody with you. If you do, make sure you trust them. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. No, don't try this at home. Another technique which they investigated was um, the intravenous intravenous administration Mm -hmm. of a barbiturate in one arm and an amphetamine in the other. So the way it would work is the barbiturates would be released into the person first, maybe in your Mm -hmm. left arm. The person would, you know, pass out. And then... Um, once the person was passed out, then they would shoot um, a whole mess of amphetamines in the other arm, and the person would like wake up and start babbling. Um, <laughs> so it, it kind of loosened the person up a lot, but I guess the person was kind of babbling so incoherently that they were unable to get useful answers. I wonder who volunteered for that test. Um, Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And then. Uh, um, Another thing they did was, is they studied hypnosis extensively in the 50s. Um, And so what they wanted to do was, they wanted to know how to um, hypnotically induce anxieties, um, hypnotically increase um, the ability to learn and recall complex complex written matter. And this is going to be an interesting thing to discuss when we start talking about how Oswald learned Russian so quickly. Yeah. Unnaturally yeah, yeah, quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. 
And also they thought they could um, hypnotically increase one's ability to observe and recall complex arrangements of physical objects. Um, I mean, there's all sorts of stuff you can do with hypnosis. You know, and, and Steve, <clears throat> you know, you got something, a phrase that's called, you know, um, uh, not predictive programming, but it's like with hypnosis, you've seen it in movies mm -hmm. for decades. Okay. And one of the things with predictive programming is the people that do it, they can't, it's like a, it's a mystic thing. You know, it's like from the mystic schools. They say mm -hmm. if, if evil can't tell you they're doing something or they can't do it, mm -hmm. they can't say they're doing it. So what do they do? They put it out there in movies and, and books and, and places that you wouldn't really get, but your subliminal, your, your mind mm -hmm. automatically takes it in. So that if it does happen down the line, you're not going to be so surprised or shocked. And, you know, this kind of thing, I think, has been happening for a long time. With this hypnosis thing, I, I think they can hypnotize you. And you've seen the movies. Person picks up the phone, you know, hello? Like we said before, the red sky wow. dies in the, in the morning. And you just go, off you go. Uh -huh. <laughs> you go find that bag of explosives that you hid 10 years ago. <laughs> and when you get that call, man, it's like... Manchurian, have a nice day, you know? Yeah, I mean, just think about if you've ever seen a, a, a hypnosis show. Have you ever seen something like that? Like, they were popular, like, when I was in college, a hypnotist came, and uh, and they would get people in the audience to do all sorts of crazy stuff. And, and people would be like, oh, no, this person, can't, uh, there's no way they could hypnotize me. And they'll go up on stage, and the guy will do, or lady will do whatever it is that they do. And then they have them crawling around barking like a dog. You know, it's like, it's, and so I don't think there's a doubt that, that um, you can do incredibly amazing things through hyp hypnosis. Now imagine yep. if somebody has access to you or somebody for a long period of time, if a hypnotist, you know, can do that. Imagine what they might do to your brain. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 uh, because, you know, if, if, uh, if you've, looked into even Sirhan Sirhan, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, but if you, if you look into Sirhan Sirhan, when they picked him up, you can see videos of when they actually took him away, and he's just out of it. He's just disoriented. He's like, right? Mm -hmm. But over the years, as he's been in prison, he's just, like, if you saw interviews with him even five years ago, mm -hmm. you know, he's like, you know, normal person. I still don't remember what happened. I mean, how long do you have to be in prison? right mm -hmm. to, to be able to go okay it's been 30 years <laughs> all right i did it <laughs> okay let me out all right i'm admitting it <laughs> but he still says he doesn't know a thing yeah, he doesn't yeah. remember anything you know so um yeah it's out there it's out there it's gotta be so another gotta thing be. that they experimented with um you know which kind of relates to what we were just talking about is something called retrograde amnesia so that means that you don't you know, you do something and, th and then after the fact, you don't remember that you did it or you might yep. not remember why you did it. And so, you know, that's, um, you know, so that that relates into this as well. And so, you know, we're not coming out and saying flat out, oh, this stuff was involved in the JFK assassination. We're just like everything else. I mean, we're also not saying that it's not, it wasn't involved. We're just kind of laying yeah. out 
you know, as we're laying out what all of these different groups were involved in, we're saying, okay, well, this is just something to keep in mind as we keep working our way through the material that the CIA was messing around with this stuff for quite a long time, you know, for about a decade, they were intensely involved in these experiments prior to the yep. JFK assassination. It's true. Um, so we did, the CIA did some of the similar stuff that, um, that we were doing to Americans. We also did to Canadians um, just because why not, you know? Um, sure. And uh, I mean, if they did a few different things. They, they uh, experimented with electroconvulsive therapy. Um, so they're, you know, trying to figure out what happens if you, if you kind of zap people a whole bunch of times. And they keep people in comas for like months. I mean, it, you know, it, it's, it's uh, different experiments, but just as bad. Yeah. And then like uh, while they were zapping people, then they would play tape loops of noise or simple repetitive statements. You know, we experimented on Americans, but, you know, we're a very, um, our country is kind of an equal opportunity country. And so we thought that it shouldn't just be our citizens that get to do these kind of fun experiments. <laughs> Yeah. And, and as a matter of fact, in other countries where we where we kind of that were under our control, it was even easier for the CIA to kind of do these sorts of experiments without kind of well, people find but, out about them. But mm -hmm. really, was it, though? Because, I mean, you can always be caught. Right. So what's the answer? If you're saying to yourself, boy, we're doing these, we bring it to a college. There's a bunch of college kids around. Some idiot could find out about it. What do you think the best way to do it would be to make sure you keep it away from wandering eyes? Do it, I don't know, in another country, third world country. Or you could build detention camps. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, I mean, you know, hey, you bring up those words. You know, I mean, um, I don't know about you, but if anybody's done any kind of research into any kind of conspiracy, you've heard and seen pictures Okay, of massive graves being made, uh, Walmart's being turned into, uh, or not letting anybody in. Even Jesse Ventura went in to one of these places. Um, it was a Walmart that was converted. It had, excuse me, it had um, barbed wire, but the barbed wire was rung on the inside. Mm. <laughs> not so that it could get pe people out or in, it's from keeping people to come out. Mm. So, these detention camps are supposed to be places that if anything ever happens, the dissidents go. <laughs> hmm. These are places where people go, you know, to, to uh, you know, be brought and reprogrammed to, to comply, you know, and there's, there's been tons of video. If you want to look up our secret, you know, government detention camps, mm -hmm. you'll so find. You're talking about right in America is what you're talking about. Right in America. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Still, I bet you still today there's places like that. Mm -hmm. When the Walmarts were closing, remember when a whole bunch of the Walmarts were going to close and they did? Uh -huh. Well, what they do with the buildings, man? And, and you've got, I've got video. I mean, th these are, there are videos out there, right, of, of people that go there and there's these armed guards the freaking door and won't let them in. It's mm -hmm. a Walmart. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, anyway, I mean, the thing is, so, people listening are probably going to think, oh, that sounds crazy. But the fact of the matter is, is that if you look through history, we know of detention camps. I mean, it's documented from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and early 90s. We know, you know, it's documented that there are these places. And a lot of times it was, you know, 
way out in the middle of nowhere in Arkansas, maybe. But still, but, but put I mean, it this way. Put it this way, Steve. If 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 you're if you're the corrupt government, mm-hmm. and you're always you always have to be aware and or ready for an uprising, right? Mm-hmm. If you're if you don't, you're going to lose power. So what would you do? <laughs> I don't know about you, but if I'm in charge and mm-hmm. I don't want to lose my power, my power. I would ask the question to a whole bunch of my people that are around me and I'd say, okay, so what do we do when a quarter of our military decides to side with the blue collar guy? Okay. Mm -hmm. And try to overthrow the government. What are we going to do? How are we going to stop? Well, Mm -hmm. we've already got three quarters of it, but what do you do with that one quarter? Mm -hmm. Well, you take them and you take the rest of these assholes and you put them in these detention camps that we'll make. Mm -hmm. But we'll, we won't make it look like your detention camps. <laughs> we'll call them something else, right? Yeah, I mean, we should say that even if Jesse Ventura, you know, if he saw those, that barbed wire, you know, um, like that doesn't mean that that's what that was for. But we also don't, I mean, we don't really know what it was for. There's, and, but there's, there's also been, you're right, but there's also been a lot of um, like live video. Of, of, of people near these detention camps, like going, here's a detention, here's what we think the detention camp is. And right over here, there's like rows mm-hmm. of coffins, mm. these big plastic containers that are, that are uh, disposable coffins. And, and, mm-hmm. and you're like, what's going on with that? Now, I'm not saying it's true or not. All no, I'm saying is saying that's what they, I saw. You say, oh, so you know, the, I'm impl- just saying the implication that- would have been they were filled with people. No, no, no. Not that they were filled with people, but but they they can be filled with people. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. I mean, all I know is that the CIA, they have today, I'm sure of this, they have spaces in places where you wouldn't expect the military (laughs) does it as well, you know, and so it's, and so it wouldn't shock me if there's a Walmart that has been, you know, or many Walmarts that have been reconfigured to serve some secret purpose. I mean, it's just Look, it the government sense. has so many of them that people know about already. All you got to do is go to YouTube and, and look up, you know, secret government locations that aren't so secret. Yeah. And There's if you think about it, it's not even mountain. that it's like it's not even that crazy or controversial. No, it's maybe controversial, but it's not even that when you really think about it. It's like, well, of course they do. Yep. You know, They've got places where they have seeds that they hold. It's like in the middle of a mountain. It's got like a like a 14 foot thick, you know, metal you know, wall and, and, you know, guards up the arse and all of that to kind of protect what's going to happen. You know, if anything ever happens, you know, to, to the world, they want to be able to rebuild, you know, and plant and all this other stuff if anything ever happens. So, I mean, that's smart. Yeah. And there were like, there were like conferences amongst U.S. leaders and even world leaders. I think, you know, back in the days of, or, you know, rich people, not world leaders, but rich people, Uh, back in the days, kind of talking about what would we do in the case of a nuclear war and how would we prepare? And they made preparations. That's all documented. And so something was done. Don't, don't forget about all the government, the, the, everybody in the government who if something happens, they're all going to be taken yeah. and shipped off to a place where they can stay for 20 years. Yeah. You know, like there's in, enough food, there's enough power, there's enough everything down there to live for 20 years. There's malls. There's like... All of that stuff down there. It's like I that mean, final you know, speech like, from Dr. Strangelove, 
where he's like talking yeah. about uh where he's talking about uh where they all have you know we're all the the world's leaders will have to go down into the tunnels um, yeah and the thing is is you know you gotta be and you know that maybe that like is a reason why people want to be part of the elite you know even the people that have tons of money aren't going to make it in those spots right i mean mm. you gotta be you gotta know somebody right mm. <laughs> You know, like you got to be a senator, right? Mm -hmm. That's why I think all the people that have the aspiration of becoming senator got to be thinking, man, if I could just hold that seat, something happens, man. Me and my – and the thing that sucks probably is mm -hmm. it may not be you and your family even. Might just be you. <laughs> that would suck. Yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, that would suck. And uh, Anyway. So we were anyway, talking about – so we were talking about the um, detention camps. And so, um, you know, but th these detention camps, or maybe detention camps in America, these were the ones that were in um, just other areas that were under our control um, in the 50s. And this was in Europe, East Asia, uh, mostly in Japan, Germany, and the Philippines. Um, the CIA created secret detention centers so that they could avoid, you know, criminal prosecution. They captured, <laughs> they captured people who they suspected of being enemy agents, or maybe they just decided who they wanted to be considered an enemy agent, anybody yeah, yeah. That, that they deemed expendable. And mm -hmm. um, then they were able to, you know, torture them and do human experimentation on them. And uh, while being interrogated, they were given psychoactive drugs. They were electroshocked. Um, they were subjected to extremes of temperature, sensory isolation, you know, anything where, you know, you could kind of test how to interrogate, how to um, destroy or control human minds. Yeah. I mean, and like we said before, you know, you, you're like, okay, if you're going to try to do something like this to ensure national security, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. I get it coming from that point. Right. I mean, there is evil in the world. Right. You know, if you have to do that, you have to do that. But at what cost? Right. And, and how do you um, what do you wait for the next war to practice it? I mean, how do you. Right. How do you the people that are doing it are probably like this is the only way we're going to be able to test this stuff. But mm -hmm. it's morally, ethically, you know, religiously, it's just wrong, wrong, wrong. But if we want to have the upper hand, what do you do? There's the question, right? It's that question we talked about last time, right? If you do something bad, if because it means something good's going to come out of it, is the bad thing okay? Yeah, and um, are you mistaken? You know, right. like sometimes you think, oh, well, something good will come out of me doing this bad thing, but you might be wrong. You might yeah. be not looking at it the right way. Yeah. 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 And how many people do you got to, you know, torture and kill, you know, uh, before you get what you want, even if it is what you want, mm -hmm. you know, all those poor people that died back then, right. To find out that they never even wanted to use LSD. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Our bad. Yeah. Sorry about that. I mean, you know, thank you for helping your country. Thank you for helping your country. All right. So should we talk a little bit about Oswald? This is when we kind of start pulling it back to the actual JFK assassination question. Yeah, uh, you know, it, I, I do want to mention, you had something here in the notes about this doctor. 
Oh, sure. Louis Jolly, Jolly on. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a doctor for Jack Ruby when he was in prison. Um, just remember this if you can, because it has a lot to do with what uh, Ruby thinks is the reason he died. Because during that time, the government was, was trying to develop a super fast, a super spreading cancer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Ruby thought he was being injected with it because he was fine in prison. He was fine until he found another place to get his, jur- his trial. And then, you know, you got a guy who's fine all of a sudden has rapid onset cancer. <laughs> that spread all over his body. He found that he was he uh, found out he was going to be in a different place for his trial, I think in December or so in November. And then 30 days later, he's dead. Mm-hmm. He was fine. The next thing you know, he's dead of cancer, rapid onset metastasized cancer. <laughs> 30 days later. But there was- yeah. And you know, if that were an isolated case in terms of like, okay, well, that's the one weird death. Or, you know, there were a couple of weird deaths surrounding the JFK assassination. Then I'd be like, oh, well, you During know, strange things happen sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But it's just, yeah, it's, yeah. it's just like how many people? It seems like, I mean, we keep joking about it, but it seems like everybody that we talk about almost on this podcast are like, oh, yeah, and then they died under, you know, mysterious yeah. circumstances. Well, you said it before, we'll say it times. again. Sure. You know, I mean, it, 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 if it's a coincidence, once it's a coincidence. If it's a string of coincidences tied to another string or many other string of coincidences, then something, something smells bad, <laughs> you know, and it's not in Denmark. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about Oswald. So um, Oswald, you know, we've kind of gone through his um, biography in, in earlier podcasts. We're not going to, you know, do that again, but uh, we did mention there that, um one of the field state or one of the places where he had been um stationed when he was in the um services was at Sugi in Japan. Yes. Now that was one of the two C- CIA field stations um abroad that was involved in MK Ultra and um had quantities of both LSD and other chemical mind altering alterating agents so atsugi was a place where they were doing a ton of experimentation and that's where he he both served as a marine radar operator and also according to numerous accounts was mixed up in undercover operations so there's many uh, and i don't remember actually i honestly don't remember if we talked about it before or if we're supposed to talk supposed to talk about it later but there's tons of evidence that he that oh, yeah. Oswald was involved in um, intelligence yeah. operations. Oh yeah, um, yep. you know during that time yep. period. So yep. he probably had contact with you know the CIA, you know at that base. Now that doesn't mean that he. It doesn't mean necessarily that he was involved in any mind control experiments, mm. but it does. Uh, it is a certain proximity. That existed between him and MK Ultra. Well, I mean, I think that if you're just listening to what we're telling you as we go along, then mm-hmm. you're probably going to say, "Hmm, it sounds like a really good 
you know, guess that, you know, the only way, you know, he would be able to pull this off is if he was hypnotized. Mm-hmm. Once you learn more down the line, I think that you're going to turn around and you're going to just dispute that to the wind because there's so many other things out there. You know, I have my particular opinion, um, but yeah, you got to do a lot of digging and I'm, we're not going to give it to you you know, now. So yes, you might be thinking that, yes, it could happen. Mm, maybe maybe so um the cia said when they when they like when everything came out about mk ultra um there's a quote about who it was you know what sort of people they were looking for for um guinea pigs for their mind control guinea pigs yeah and they said that their um their best mind control guinea pigs were quote individuals of dubious loyalty suspected agents or plants, subjects having known reason for deception, et cetera. And that kind of fits you know, Oswald to a T, doesn't it? Well, I mean, yeah, but I have to bring up, you know, um, uh, a, a mobster called Action Jackson, okay? Mm-hmm. This guy worked for the mob and he was suspected of okay talking to FBI right mm-hmm. so just because he was you know suspected mm-hmm. they put him on a meat hook basically what they did back then when they say you put you on a meat hook is they they took you and they put you up <laughs> on a on like a, a hook whether it's like a, a a jacket thingy or they take your jacket and put it up on a hook and then they just got <laughs> you Found out afterwards, he never said a word to anybody. <laughs> so you could be suspected, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, there's the other side of it too. You never know, you know. But there you have it. And the, he he was a pretty questionable guy. I mean, plain and simple. Nobody's been able to, to figure out exactly what was going on in his head or even get close to what it was. So it's a tough call, Lara. Yeah. I mean, I don't know for sure. We're just, you know, putting it out there. Sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, there are some people who, some um, writers or authors about the JFK assassination who claim that they have been contacted by Marines from Oswald's unit who said that he participated in some of the LSD experiments. Oh, I don't you mean know. the person? Not, not Oswald, but the person he spoke to, right? No, no. They said that Oswald had, had participated. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that, wow. to me, Maybe you did. Because the thing is, I don't think LSD would have been effective. I don't think they. I don't think they were able to, able to LSD Oswald into killing JFK. No. And also, these are you know, it's like you know, this person says that this person said that. Yeah. Plus, they found out the LSD really didn't really didn't do anything like they wanted it. They got rid of it. So you know, maybe they did. It just had no no effect really. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Now, Lee Harvey Oswald did know about LSD. Um, so in 1962. Um, when he came to the office of New Orleans Assistant District Attorney um, Edward Gillen, um, he asked Gillen about LSD. He told Gillen that he had a supplier, inquired about whether it was legal or not, and supposedly he also made references to Aldous Huxley's Brave New World. So it may be that he was just kind of curious about the drug, or maybe he had been experimented on and was kind of 
asking about it after the fact. I guess either of those is is possible. Yeah, yeah, and and so we're uh, we're also going to be talking about um, how Oswald was in New Orleans with mm-hmm. uh, David Ferry, mm-hmm. and he was he was a well known and very uh, very uh, well known uh, hypnotist um, and a and a, a pilot mm-hmm. um, for the CIA and you know for the mob. But, um, you know, I think that's when uh, Oswald met him, you know, I think that was uh, part of the end <laughs> for, for him. I really do. I really do. And so there have been other, on this note I have here, there have been other people who have kind of looked into Oswald, Jack Ruby, and Sirhan Sirhan, and, and kind of said uh, that yeah. there, there seemed to be a lot of, um, commonalities between the three in terms of their um, the fact that they they all kind of felt like they had been programmed either by drugs hypnosis or by both and that they couldn't remember what they had done um, and so you never know maybe there was some maybe there was a a drug that was used or maybe that they were all hypnotized in certain ways like you said I don't know that we'll ever really know for- so Huxley Interestingly enough, this really is just an interesting note. He died the same day that JFK did. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I remember reading about his death. And as he was dying, he asked his wife, um, her name was Laura, um, he asked her to give him a final dose of, um, of a psychedelic drug. I'm not sure whether it was LSD. I think it might have been he was more into like, uh, um, like shrooms or I don't know. What was it? What was the drug? A more natural drug. I don't think it was LSD. I mean, he used LSD, but I think it was a different one. I forget. Uh, but whatever. Um, but anyway, um, she later said that this is a quote from her sometime during the morning of the day that he died, a new tank of oxygen for all this Huxley's medical treatment was brought in by a young man who had come several times before. He started rather loudly to say, did you hear that President Kennedy? I stopped him with a look. All this did not notice, maybe because he was preoccupied about the young man's tip. Those tanks are heavy, give him a dollar. That probably didn't get front front page of the news the next day, did it? Huxley's death. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, 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 no. No. And, you know, it's funny. It's not the first time, you know, that a, uh, a big thing that happened was covered up by another story. Mm-hmm. We'll soon learn that when uh, Rudy, or, uh, what's his name here? Ruby was killed. Uh-huh. That um, there was a, a, a cover. What do they call it? Like a, a screen story mm-hmm. that was so big that people would forget about Ruby. Oh. Um, it was that Fr- that Frank Sinatra's son, and and uh, there was a gangster who knew about this. I, I don't have his name. I think I don't think it was Marcelo. It was another one. But um, he said that he said beforehand he had prior knowledge that um, to keep the the news off of the Ruby case, they had he said Frank Sinatra's son is going to be kidnapped. 
And sure enough. Is that enough, the one that later on became a crooner himself? Like I Frank think Sinatra so. Jr.? Yeah. And the thing is, is, is uh, uh, Frank Sinatra's son did get uh-huh. kidnapped and it made front page news uh-huh. above the Jack Ruby killing. And the funny thing about it is Frank Sinatra Jr. let his captors borrow money for gas. <laughs> Frank Sinatra paid him the money. But while they had him, Frank Sinatra Jr. let his captors borrow money for gas. Now, dude, come on. I mean, talk about a story that was made up to, ch- to change people's thoughts on what's going on in the world, right? Uh-huh. Frank Sinatra was a big wig, right? Oh, my God. Let's forget about the Jack Ruby killing. Yeah, and Sinatra. Anyway. He helped uh, Kennedy get elected, right? Went and sang high hopes and all that stuff. 